0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Do you think this march will achieve anything today?
0: I think it'll start a movement, start bringing people together who are interested in helping refugees and, and sort of counter the racism that's been going on. Um, I mean, like for, my, for instance, in my workplace, I've got a lot of people who are very racist, very hostile to immigrants, and I think having a march like this and showing people that there is an alternative and there is a lot of people who are actually against it and who are actually in support of people, um, I think will yeah, change people's opinions to an extent and then hopefully a campaign will come out of it, um, possibly through the Labour Party. Now Jeremy Corbyn's the leader and hopefully we can have a movement that will try and um, put pressure on the government to allow more refugees to come in, close down the detention centres, stop racist border immigration laws, and yeah, hopefully make some radical changes that will really help people across Europe who are displaced at the moment.
1: It's a warm day at London's Marble Arch as protesters prepare, half an hour later than scheduled, to march to the Houses of Parliament. As I make my way through the throng of people, I hear one protester with a microphone chanting with a lackluster response from the assembled masses. Either out of frustration or anger, she snaps. the The march is in solidarity with the thousands of people fleeing Syria and Afghanistan, escaping from the war and bloodshed within their borders and seeking refuge within the European Union. Public opinion has been broadly against the influx of refugees for years following the violence of the Arab Springs, until the body of Alan Kurdi was photographed washed up on Greek shores. His mother and brother were also drowned.
0: We kind of got used to it and we forgot how tragic this is.
1: Um, so I think that the image of the boy dead on the beach, as crude as it was, but I think that kind of helped for people that they, they, they finally opened their eyes again. And you that it's not just about travelling, but it's actual people dying, kids dying. And so the Facebook event was made, and so the route was organised, and so those with compassion or access to Grind came to march. What became clear very quickly as we marched down the affluent Mayfair street, being watched by rubberneckers and men in suits waiting around black sedans, was that there was not much common ground between protesters. Many came from unions or socialist action groups, die-hard lefties who were out to make noise. Signs that bartered the PM for millions of refugees' safe entry were not uncommon. Then there were also other groups, church groups, political parties, charities that all took to the streets as well, and many unaffiliated marchers, groups of friends and families who had got up on the train under no banner. There were also other refugees who came to march in solidarity, people who had made England their home. One man came up to me and asked for a photo. And when I asked him why he was there, he informed me that he himself was a refugee 12 years ago, fleeing Iran as a Christian. And so they were all here as well. And they were all here together. Strangers, disparate people who all marched for a shared belief. What I've noticed when I'm kind of talking to people who are marching, there's a number of reasons they're marching. Some of them are are marching in solidarity, some of them are more focused on on the current government and, and kind of protesting that in particular. So is it particularly the Syrian movement you're interested in or is it a general kind of unrest? Um, yeah, I think it's more of a, a general thing, really. I think that the refugee
0: crisis stems from um, you know, the, the crisis of capitalism, really, and the fact that wars are constantly coming about um, and people are constantly treated like second class citizens and driven from their homes. Um, so I think it's a, a wider problem, a problem with capitalism, really. And I think our government is one of the worst in the world for, you know, for causing refugee crises by starting wars in Iraq, by you know, starting wars in Afghanistan. Yeah, and I think that they need to be held culpable for sort of this this humanitarian crisis, really. So I think it's yeah, it's a wider, a wider thing for me, really.
1: As I marched, I saw an old friend from oh, my surprise. days at Essex University. Bring it in. Here, here. Oh, good. how you doing? Good, good. Hi, Hi, sister. Nice to meet you. I'm Ollie. Used to, used to do, red radio. Yeah, I'm doing radio right now. I don't know why I was surprised. Essex University is affectionately known as Red Essex. Its human rights graduates are known as the Essex Mafia. It was unsurprising that I found at least a few folk from Colchester in this crowd of protesters. And suddenly within that context, I saw the activists in a different way. I suddenly knew these people, not all of them, but some of them. These are the folks who put principles about people above people. These are the folks who throw the word human being at you like it's a grenade. These are the folks who will tell you to be ashamed reacts before thinking whose protest does not invoke debate or change but instead makes you double down on the opposite side out of spite even if you know in your heart of hearts that they're right and it was at this point that we walked past people protesting the privatization of the national gallery attempting to galvanize the passing protesters with refugees in tories out And we saw other left-leaning political ideologies getting pinned to this one particular cause, getting pinned to this solidarity movement. But we weren't here to overthrow the Tories. We weren't here to plot the downfall of capitalism. We weren't here to do anything other than to show support for those whose homes were no longer safe, except some of us were. But finding my friend and marching alongside him, I began to feel less cynical and more human. And as we walked down the Mall to Westminster Palace, a group with megaphones began to chant. And at this point, this mob, this this disparate group of people I had been walking with, this mob became a voice, and then that voice became a singular chant. This is the phenomenon of the public protest. It's one of the few instances in which moderates and radicals stand shoulder to shoulder. And in civil protest, it's the truth that the loudest voice leads. This can be detrimental. Like when the protester used children being washed up on European beaches as a reason to yell louder. And this can be good when a stranger says to be loud and clear that refugees are welcome here. But the loudest voice leads and that's the reality and that's the truth of it. When we arrived at our destination there was a small stage and the smaller speakers jerry-rigged for the day's guests. Many took to it, including Billy Bragg, a political songwriter, who sang us songs from old folk operas. The event organiser came out to say how good it was to see an apolitical process, though that was quickly undermined when a black taxi turned up. The newly elected Lieber of the Labour Party had come to the event to show his support.
0: people in desperate situations are all over the world. There are more of them now than at any time ever in the recorded history of this planet.
1: If you've never heard the sound of a thousand people being quiet, it's dramatic. The air isn't still, it's electric, it crackles, as people attempt to catch the words of the new Labour leader. Well, most of them. And then Billy Bragg led the assembled masses in a verse of the red flag, which from our position sounded like the Labour leaders leading the crowd. And then that was it. The collective became the mob, became the people. The rabble had completed their civic duty. And so they ditched their signs, the symbols becoming debris. Some people started drinking on the greens, rolling cigarettes, The rest started to filter away from Westminster Palace and onto the Jubilee Line, going back to their homes, to post their March photos across Twitter, to donate to the UN and to Amnesty International. Some might have been working on the next rally, but all were securing the knowledge that they'd done the right thing. Across Europe, similar demonstrations took place, and in Hungary, along the border, refugees were handed out sandwiches and water, not knowing when they might eat again.
0: I had my seat. 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 Podium me. Hold up.